So today, I want to talk about what you and I have in him, in Jesus. You see, each one of us that's in him, that is, each one of us who has Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, have everything we need for life and godliness today, right here, right now. So it's not just for a few, it's not just for the good-looking ones or the smart ones or the clever ones or the tall ones or the short ones. Each and every single one of you, if Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, you have everything you need for life and godliness today. Not when all these conditions are met, but today. If you are in him, they're with you today. I think we forget that. You see, when things don't go so well in life, when we're struggling in life, it's not that we don't have what we need to have an overcoming life or an overcoming day or overcome a situation. We have everything we need to face every single situation you are facing in your life. The only reason we struggle is when we forget to put them on or forget to access them or forget to call out or forget to use them or forget to put them on. We have everything we need every single blessing that we need today. We just forget to put it on. And the blessings are not huge theological concepts that we are to rattle off. The blessings that we have are practical to use for everyday situations. Every single situation you face, you have what it takes to overcome that situation, to deal with that situation. What we fail to do is recognise that we have them fail to recognise we have what it takes to put them on. We need to remember who we are, just like Esther needed to put on that she was Queen Esther. We need to remember that he has his unseen hand stretched out to hold onto our hand. We need to grab it. And that, in a nutshell, that's the sermon for today. We need to keep putting it on and we need to keep putting things off just like we need to put off Jonah. It's a beautiful message that God's given us. It's the same message. I have the same message that David brought, that Wendell brought, that Kath brought. But we can know the message and we can hear that message, but unless we put it on, if we just leave these blessings on the floor, that's not going to make any difference in your life. So let's look at that today. We started last week, Mark started this new series called Heaven on Earth and he made this statement. He said, are we so earthly minded that we're of no heavenly good? What are we thinking about? Where is our mind? Where is our heart? And this was the key scripture he used. He said, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. That's our old life. That's the Jonah we throw overboard. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So you see, we've been raised with God to have a heavenly focus. We've been raised with God to live a life that he's given us, a victorious life. And it will make a huge difference whether or not we're going to actually live that, it'll all depend on where our heart and mind is focused. What are we thinking about? What are we looking for? Are we looking for the taking on the rotten apples? Is that what we're saying yes to? Is that what we're putting on? Or are we putting that off and we're staying in the vine to produce these beautiful fruit in our lives? 
So what we're going to do in this series of called Heaven on Earth is we're going to spend some weeks in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is just an amazing book. You can't get enough of it. Once you start listening to Ephesians, if Ephesians is new to you, you will just want to keep listening to it. If you've got Bible on tape, CD, iPod, whatever you've got, over the next few weeks, put it onto Ephesians and play it over and over and over and over. And every time you listen, there will be something new that God will reveal to you. Every single time. You can't stop listening to Ephesians. It is just exploding with God's blessings for us. We forget what we've got. Ephesians is a great reminder of what we have in him today. So they say that Romans is perhaps the purest expression of the gospel. It really clearly identifies what the good news is all about. But, you know, Ephesians is like taking the good news, it's taking the gospel, and it's exploding it. It's like majestic, it's sublime, it's magnificent. It's just the excellence oozes out of Paul when you read Ephesians. You can't help but feel encouraged if you let Ephesians fill your mind and your heart over and over and over again. It's an amazing book. He communicates ideas so well through Ephesians. It's like he really gets it and he expresses it, which is not how sometimes life is for us. There's a story. It's, it's out of a novel called The Beloved, but it's just The Beloved, so it's a different book. And there's a scene in this book where the mother is in a room with her daughter and it's the daughter's wedding day. And the mother is just adjusting the veil on the daughter's head. It's a really um, precious moment. It's a, it's a moment where the mother is feeling deeply. This is really an emotional moment. But, you know, the mother and daughter, they don't really have and never have had a very close relationship. They've had 20 years of living under the same roof, but really not expressed much to each other. It's kind of like they just chat about superficial stuff. The real thing never gets said. Deeper communication doesn't happen between mother and daughter. But here they are on the daughter's wedding day. Mum's adjusting the veil. The mum looks into the daughter's eyes, desperately wanting to communicate with her, communicate how much she means to her and how precious she is and how much she loves her and the daughter's looking back at the mother with the same yearning it's like I really want to hear something from you today mum like this is such an important day so the mother looks at her daughter and says your father will be right up It just blurts out. Do you know that's all she's capable of? That's all she's capable of expressing because that's how their relationship has always been. And that is the opposite of the book of Ephesians. Paul is able to take these beautiful, beautiful blessings and ideas that God wants us to have. He's able to express in a very real way how much God loves us. And how our worth is all wrapped up in how much he loves us. And how we're people of integrity in Jesus. You can't help but read Ephesians and get this deep connection of how much God loves us. It's a deep communication. It's a beautiful, sublime, majestic expression 
of how much we mean to God. It's impossible if your heart and your mind is focused and, and through the Holy Spirit looking for and searching for it, it's impossible to go through Ephesians and not get that. So let's start with Ephesians. What we're going to do is open our Bibles and I'm going to read out from chapter 1. So we're going to be working our way all through the book of Ephesians over the next few weeks. So let's start with chapter 1, verse 1, and I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 14. So grab your iPod or grab your iPhone or grab your um, good old-fashioned paper Bible, open it up to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, and read with me as I read through verses 1 to 14. Verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Hmm, who can I pick on today? Kez. Come on down, Kez. Can everyone see this? Oh no, it's not bad, really. So just stand here so everyone can see. So this is sand. Yeah. That's all. It's just sand. Okay. What I'd like you to do, Kez, is see if you can find anything in the sand. Yep. However you want to look. See if you can find anything. I'm wondering. That's what I'm asking you. No? Can't find anything? Oh? Oh. A black thing? What's that? Oh, it's like a little rock. Okay. Thank you. That must... Yep, that must have been in the sand. That's it? Yeah. 
great. Thank you so much. You did so well. Didn't she do well? Yes, you did it. Thank you, Kez. You can sit down. Okay. Who else can I pick on? Michael, was that your hand that went up or were you just catching a little bug? I think it was your hand going, come on, Michael. I'm sure you'd like to come down in front of everybody. Come on, show the girls up. I'm sure you can find something in the sand. Okay, so come and stand here so everyone can see you. I was just wondering, could you see if you could find anything in the sand? Oh, a shell. Oh, great. Thank you. That's great. Um, Really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's that? Is that like a little stick? A little stick. Fantastic. Super exciting. And another one. Geez, you got a gift. <laughs> you really want to show the girls, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> You're trying hard. Do you reckon that's it? Uh, I, I can feel that. Oh. Another little speck of a stick or something equally exciting because everyone's really riveted. Oh, another one, 0.1 of a millimetre. Fantastic. (laughs) This object lesson's going really well, wouldn't you think? You are persevering. I like this in you. I never knew that you would try so hard. There. Oh, fantastic. You've got to give him a round of applause. Did he not persevere? Thank you. You did really well. Thank you very much. And thank you, Kez. Okay, who else am I going to ask? James. I was wondering if you could see if, if you could find anything in the sand. <laughs> well, well, what have we here? We have a magnet. And if you shake hard enough to get the sand off, I think we have little bits of iron filings in there. Did you miss that, Kez? Did you not find that, Michael, after searching and persevering for so long? Well done, James. You're a clever boy. Okay. So do you think by any stretch of the imagination, James being my son may have had a little bit of inside information the others didn't have. Did you get that feeling? Just a touch. Is it legal? (laughs) You see, there's a really important lesson here. Yes, James had inside information because his mother told him how to find something in the sand. You know when we just read Ephesians, verse 1 to 14... Exactly the same thing is going to happen to us when we come to God's word. We can go through God's word, putting our fingers through the sand, and we'll find nothing. It's like, oh, this book's a bit old. Some words in there I don't really understand, a bit gritty. Not much in there. Looks like God's not talking to me today. Or we can go through God's word, And say, Holy Spirit, be the magnet. Show me the preciousness. Show me, Lord. Get my eyes off earthly things and get it onto heavenly, beautiful truths in your word. Because there's precious, precious metal all through his word. If only we know how to look for it. 
But you know, each one of us has the inside information that James just had. And the inside information, in fact, the inside person is the Holy Spirit in us here today. He's right there with you, wanting to show you how to find these beautiful, precious gifts in his word. But you know, it's more than just going through his word and missing things, getting caught up in the sand. Do you know our lives can be the same? We can go through life fumbling around with ungrateful fingers saying, Lord, where are the blessings in today? It's really tough today. I'm really having a difficult time and man, you, you mustn't be talking to me today. But you know, instead of ungrateful fingers through life, we can actually change that and we can say, I'm not going to be focusing on the temporal blessings and the material things I can see, touch and feel with my fingers. I'm actually going to ask God to show me through his spirit, remind me as I go through each day the beautiful spiritual blessings that he's given us that are relevant for every situation we face in life, every single day, no matter how boring or routine maybe the day is seeming to you, there are blessings, spiritual blessings all around you and within you every single day. If only we would open our eyes and heart and ask Jesus to take the scales off our eyes to see them, to know them. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back to Ephesians 1 to 14 and we're going to do it differently this time. And in order to hear him through his word, we really need God's word in front of us on a Sunday. So if you don't happen to have a Bible in front of you, if you don't have Ephesians in front of you, I want you to move and sit next to somebody who has a Bible in front of them. If you have a Bible in front of you, can you look around and just offer anybody that doesn't have a Bible to look on with you? But I don't want anybody to be sitting here without the Word of God in front of them. We need it. If you want to move, that's cool. But make sure you have Ephesians in front of you. So God's words really are precious, beautiful metals all in front of us. And Paul is just so excited to show us these beautiful, precious metals. So before we, we look at God's word this time, we're going to pray and ask him to help us. So let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that we interact with you as we come around your word. Thank you, Jesus, for the beautiful truths that you have available for us each and every day. We are so thankful that we can have access to your word and not be persecuted, Lord, that we can pick up our Bibles. Lord, help us to pick up our Bibles and interact with you and find you and, and take that outstretched arm that you have for us. 
Help us, Lord, as we study through the book of Ephesians over the coming weeks. Help us to see, Lord, what we haven't seen before. Take the scales from our eyes, Lord Jesus. Help us focus our minds and our hearts so that we will find these beautiful blessings, Lord, that we already have, but we failed to see before. Lord, I pray that you help each person sitting here in this room today. Help me, Lord Jesus, to speak the word of truth that I would not add to your word nor take away from your word, but only speak the truth, Lord Jesus. We pray in your precious, beautiful, beautiful name. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, so let's do this again. Ephesians 1 verse 1. So this time I'm going to stop and start a little bit. We're going to go a little bit slower and um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that I really think Jesus wants us to recognize. So Ephesians 1 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints in Ephesus. So stop right there. In the early manuscripts, it actually has a blank. It says to the saints blank which is really interesting because this letter wasn't actually written for a specific church with specific problems like in Corinthians for example that was written for a specific purpose with specific problems but this letter was actually written to be handed around a whole lot of different churches so it's interesting that the early manuscripts have this as blank so you know what I think we can truthfully read this and personalise this sitting here in Rochdale, we can say, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Rochdale, right here. This is for you and me. This is personal. The faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord in Christ. Grace and peace is a really typical greeting from Paul and Peter uses it as well. But the Bible is so specific. Everything is in its place for a reason. Notice he says grace first and then peace. He never says peace and grace. He always says grace and peace. Peter does the same thing. He says grace and peace. He's trying to show us something, even in the order of the blessings. He's saying grace first. We need to respond to his grace in order to experience the peace. Just like Kath told us about today in her experience, it's actually responding and responding to his beautiful grace and you receive this beautiful gift of peace. So if we're feeling like where's the peace in my life, maybe we need to go back and respond to him. So grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.3 is like a summary verse. This is the summary verse for us today. And it's a fantastic summary of the whole book of Ephesians. This is a really key verse. It's a highlight it, underline it, put a little sticker on it. This is a key verse. Praise be to the God and Father our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Has is past tense or future tense or present tense? It's past tense. He has blessed us. He's already done this. He's already given it to us. God's resources are there for us. The blessings have already been given. We can be certain his blessings are available. This can give us assurance 
rather than thinking, oh, hopefully God will bless me today if I'm good. That's not how it works. It's a works mentality. We've got to remember he has blessed us. There's an amazing amount of security and assurance just from that little word, he has blessed us. I think we forget that. You see, Charles Spurgeon, he's a fantastic commentator and he was a a British Baptist preacher way, way back in the 1800s. I think he died right at the end of the 1890s, something or other. But he has some beautiful insights that we can learn from. And I, I just wanted to show you this beautiful insight he has on this idea. He says, We are not sitting here and groaning and crying and fretting and worrying and questioning our own salvation. He has blessed us and therefore we will bless him. If you think little of what God has done for you, you will do very little for him. But if you have a great notion of his great mercy to you, you will be greatly grateful to your gracious God. I love the way he says that. Just from this beautiful truth, this metal in the sand that says he has blessed us if we're in him. If he's our Lord and Saviour, he has blessed us. They're secure. We don't have to fret. They're there. It's beautiful to carry that every day. We can meditate and remember this and put this on every single day. Let's keep going. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. So we've got to stop there, in the heavenly realms. So sometimes what we want to do is we want to say, okay, as soon as I hear the word heaven, oh, that's way over there somewhere when I die. So we can misread this and miss this and lose the blessings that are yours today if we think, oh, I have to wait till I get to heaven to get any of the good stuff. You see, he says to us in the heavenly realms, what he's talking about, the heavenly realms is the unseen spiritual world, which you and I live in today. We live in him today, in contact with Jesus and in conflict with the devil today. In the heavenly realms is the unseen spiritual world and we exist in that right here, right now. So these blessings are unseen but they're real. They're spiritual blessings. They're heavenly blessings. We keep going in verse 3. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So not just some, but every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have them. And it's beautiful that we have them in Christ because they're secure. They're safe and secure in Jesus. We don't have to worry that we're going to lose them. They're in Jesus. They're safe and secure. So now I'm going to go a little bit faster. I'm going to pick up the pace now. And I'm just wanting you to say, Jesus, help me see the spiritual blessings. Because what Paul does from verse 4 to verse 13 or 14 is he runs through a whole heap of spiritual blessings. And you'll miss them all if you're not looking for them. So I'll just stop and say, did you see that one? Did you notice that one? So starting at verse 4, for he chose us in him. Stop blessing. He chose us. It's not like he's just chosen 
somebody who he thinks might be nice and that's he's chose he chose us there's something important about us for him to put all his attention on us he chose us imagine if we went through every day going i've been chosen keep going he chose us before the creation of the world this isn't just a quick idea he thought about before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love, he has predestined us to be adopted as his sons. Stop, there's a precious metal there in the sand. We're his sons and daughters. We're his children. Not just people he kind of created and then dumped. We're his children. We're adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one, in Jesus there's a beautiful gift of grace. And we could spend the next 10 years just looking at grace as the blessing. Everything comes through grace. There's a blessing of grace. What is grace? It's undeserved favor. It's undeserved merit. It's stuff we don't deserve. We haven't earned it. He's just given it to us. It's God's riches at Christ's expense is the acronym. It's grace. There's a blessing there. Do we walk through every day remembering the blessings that we get from God without doing anything to earn them or deserve them? He freely gives them to us. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. Stop, there's another one. Redemption, that's a biggie. Redemption is like a complicated word. Redemption is just the price he paid for our freedom. We are free from sin. It's like the ransom he paid. Like you see in the movies, whenever you know, they take the kids and they say, I needed two million bucks before I'll give you the kid back. You pay the ransom, you get the kid back. God paid the ransom, we have our freedom from sin. There's a huge blessing right there. In him we have redemption through the blood, verse 7. The forgiveness of sins, totally forgiven. We stand, we, we sit actually. This is a position we sit in Jesus so that we can stand, we can walk. Ephesians talks about standing in him and the position we have in him so we can walk in him and we can stand in him till we get to the end of Ephesians where we put the spiritual armor on and we can stand. We've been forgiven. Our sins, they're as far as from the east to the west. Forgiveness is a huge blessing. We don't have to go around being guilty, being ashamed. We're forgiven. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will. There's another one. It's not like he's not telling us about the history of mankind, what happened before, what's happening now and what's going to happen in the future. He's told us. He's revealed his mystery. He's revealed to us all about Jesus and how special he is and the work that he's done and going to continue to do. We're not in the dark here. He says he's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. The theme in Christ is huge in Ephesians. It's not in us. The blessings aren't in us. The only thing we'll find in us is sin and depravity and unworthiness. But in him, we have all these beautiful blessings. So which he purposed in Christ, verse 10, to be put into effect when the times have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Revelation talks about this beautiful new heavens and earth towards the end, maybe chapter 21, 22. It talks about this beautiful heaven and earth and this, the beautiful walls and the precious stones that are going to be in those walls. It's just 
magnificent the blessing that's going to come, which he talks about soon. So verse 11, in him we were also chosen. Okay, we've already got that blessing. So we've really got to stop and say, he's already told me that. He's repeated that. Take special note. It's not like he repeat things because he's got dementia. It's not like he's repeated things because he didn't know what else to say. He repeats it for a purpose. Everything is for a purpose in the word of God. The word of God is so meticulous and so perfect and so precise. So if he's repeating an idea to you and he's repeating an idea to me, take note. That one's important. He's repeated it. I'm chosen. Maybe that would make a difference in my everyday life if I took hold of the fact that I'm chosen. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. There's more blessings there. In order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory and you also were included. That's you and me, Gentiles. We are also included. That's every single one of us. You also were included. It's an inclusive God here. In Christ. And then he says, when you. So he tells us all these beautiful spiritual blessings. And he says, you were included in Christ because we need to be in Christ to receive the blessings. And how do we become in Christ? When you. And then he tells us two things. Two responsibilities in order to be included in Christ. In order to be in Christ to receive his blessing. He says, when you one." heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and then two, having believed. So what does heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation? We must be in him. And these are the two things when you have heard the word of truth. What does that mean? If someone's reading their Bible and comes to you and says, oh, have, oh yeah, I've heard that. Heard some wacko on the street in Woodridge talking on top of a box. Does that count? Let's have a look. What does heard the word of truth mean? What's the Greek word? What is God telling us? What's the truth here? Heard the word of truth. This is what it means from a Bible dictionary. To be endowed or given the faculty of hearing, not death. We need to actually hear it. God takes away the blindness. He takes away the deafness so we can hear. Even that's a gift, a blessing. Heard the word of truth to hear. Now listen what that means. To attend to. Consider what is or has been said. To understand. To perceive the senses what have said. To hear something. To perceive by the ear of what's announced in one's presence. To get by hearing. Learn. A thing that comes to one ears. To find out. To learn. To give ear to a teaching or a teacher. To comprehend. To understand. So we're taking this and we're thinking about it. And we're learning about it. And we're understanding about it. It's not just, oh, it's on in the background or something or other. Or, oh, yeah, I'll just go along to church and listen to another sermon. It's yabba, yabba, yabba out the front. Yep. It's like background music. It's like maybe when you're doing your homework and you've got Facebook open, you've got the radio on and you've got the iPod on. It's not like the background stuff that you just heard. It's perceiving and understanding and yearning and seeking and thinking about and meditating. That's what it is. That's what he's saying. That's what he's looking for when he says, when you, when you heard it. We need to give our attention to it, focus our hearts and mind on it. Ask the Holy Spirit to be our spiritual magnet, 
to grab hold of these truths. We can come back again and again and again and it will show us something new to learn. His word is just infinite. It's huge. And so is his love. So we can keep learning. We can keep hearing. But this is what he's looking for. He's looking for us to initially hear it. So back to verse 13. And you were also included in Christ when you, one, heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and now, number two, having believed. So we need to respond to God's grace to be included in Christ by doing these two things. Here it is. Here's the gift, salvation. But he's expecting us to respond, to do these two things in response. What does it mean to believe? Having believed, it means to think to be true, to be persuaded of, to credit, place confidence in. That's more than just saying, yeah, I believe that chocolate ice creams are nice. I'm actually placing confidence here. To trust in Jesus or God is, is to be able to, as able to aid us, either in obtaining or doing something. We're talking about saving faith. He's able to save us. To entrust a thing to one. We're saying he's loyal, he's faithful, he's reliable, he can do what he says. We're entrusting ourselves. Just like when we go and have an operation in a hospital, we entrust ourselves to the surgeon. We're knocked out, totally in his hands. We're saying we're totally in your hands, Jesus. I can't save myself. I can do nothing to earn freedom from sin or to find it without you i am totally putting confidence in you that's the response he's looking for for this beautiful um, gift of salvation in him so continuing on with verse 15 verse 13 having heard the word of truth and having believed you were marked in him with a seal the promised holy spirit huge blessing holy spirit he's given us the holy spirit amazing huge Verse 14, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance? So after all those blessings, as if that isn't enough, do you know what? We're going to get more, even more in eternity. But it starts now. Eternity's now. The blessings are here now. And then we're even going to get more. He says, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So you see, when we respond appropriately to God's grace, when we've heard it and when we've believed, we're in him. We've responded to this beautiful gift of salvation. We have these beautiful blessings in him. So, exactly where are these spiritual blessings in your daily life? Are they ideas that you have in your head? Are there concepts you could talk about? Stop and think about Paul's life when he wrote this. Where was Paul when he wrote this? In prison. Where are you in your life as you read this about these spiritual blessings? When you think about your daily life, maybe after the holidays you've just gone back to work. So you're returning to the... Maybe drudgery of work or maybe it's exciting as your work. Maybe you're returning to work. Maybe you're returning to university or study. Maybe you're returning to school. You know, day-to-day life for most of us has something in common. There's stuff that we do in day-to-day life, which probably wouldn't hit the news. Stuff like, 
I'm ringing up to check up on my electricity bill, which is too high, and they've put me on hold. Stuff like, I've got to do the washing up again. Stuff like, I've got to make the bed again. Stuff like, I'm making school lunches again. Stuff like, waiting at the traffic lights, waiting to cross the street. Stuff like, oh man, I'm sitting here on the bus again. We're in a traffic jam. Oh man, what is it with this life? Stuff like, dealing with conflict with people in your family. Stuff like dealing with conflict with people in your work. Stuff like dealing dealing with conflict in marriage. Stuff like dealing with conflict with ourselves. You know, sometimes we can feel maybe like we're in a prison. Like it's just nothing's happening. This is just stuff. And the spiritual blessings, but I'm not feeling them and I'm not seeing them. I don't know where they are. Oh, they're in the book. I read about them in that book, that Bible book. You see, the key is understanding that just like we had to respond to the offer of salvation, we also need to respond to the blessings that we have. The problem is they're all sitting on the floor if we don't put them on. So let me just give you an example of a kind of normal everyday life day, I suppose, where it can make a difference in this everyday kind of description of a day in the life of me, which is not very exciting. But the spiritual blessings can make all the difference. So... The metal in the sand idea came about two weeks ago when, yeah, about two weeks ago when I found out I was preaching today. So I was thinking, that's it. You know when God tells you something and you think, yep. So I got that, yep. I'm thinking, you sure the metal in the sand, you think that'll work? Okay, so I've got a, in the back of my mind, I think I've got to get sand, I've got to get metal, I've got to get a magnet. So. The previous Friday, the kids were at youth. Warren and I had a lovely romantic outing at Bunnings while we were waiting for the kids at youth. Trudging up and down Bunnings. I don't like Bunnings. I know you guys probably love Bunnings, but for me, monotonous Bunnings stuff. Anyway, I thought, oh, I need sand. They sell sand at Bunnings. So I got some sand. That was good. I'm thinking metal shavings, filings. Where am I going to get them? Anyway, as I was walking out, I said to Warren, I think I'm going to ask the lady. You know how in Bunnings they always have a lady or a man, someone, standing at the front? So I went up to her and I said, look, I want to do this lesson. I want to put the filings in. I've got the sand, but I just don't know where to get the metal filings from. And she said, I know. And she went over and in Bunnings I've got this section where you get your keys cut. And down the bottom underneath where they cut the keys, there'd be all these filings from where they put the key in. So you know what this lovely lady did? She went and got one of their um, like petty cash bags, Ziploc bag, and she got brushed it and put it in the bag. And I just went, oh, here they are, right here. I said, oh, that was so nice of you. Oh, thank you. I'm walking out thinking, oh, God's with me. This is fantastic. He's got it all organised. I've got the sand and I've got the filings. I didn't have to pay. Oh, it's all sorted. And then it was like, oh, I've got to get a magnet. And I was thinking, oh, I've got those, you know those little round blobs you put on your whiteboard, the magnetic ones? Oh, a bit small, probably won't work. So I was thinking, and then it was like God said to me, 
don't worry about it, just get on with and I'll, we'll sort it out next week. So I was like, okay. So then this week, I'm like, oh, someone got the magnet. He's like, no, nah, just sort it out on Friday. So I went to work, did my normal stuff, blah, blah, blah. Come to Friday, magnet, right, today's the day, got to find the magnet. So I jumped online, had a look, found some magnet people, rang them, they're all online. So it's like, we only post out, that'll take a week. Ah, I'm thinking it's Friday. God, you told me Friday. Now I haven't posted out. You, what's going on? Stress. Where am I going to get a magnet? Where am I going to get a magnet? So I'm like, mm. and then one of the ladies said, "No, Australian Geographic shops have them." So I rang Australian Geographic shop. This is it. This is what God wanted me to do. Yeah, you have to buy a whole science kit. <laughs> I love you guys, but not that much. <laughs> I'm not buying a whole science kit just to get a little magnet. Oh, okay, back Google magnets, Brisbane. Rang, oh, another one. And a lot of them are saying they don't have these little horseshoe magnets anymore. They're a bit old-fashioned, but I really wanted one. It was in my head. So I said to this guy, oh, this is what I'm looking for. And she said, yep, we got them. Yes. Okay. But we're only an online store. We only post out. It'll take a week. I said, well, I really wanted it today. And I have to do this lesson and blah, blah, blah. And she said, look, let me talk to my boss. So I heard her say, ah, in the background. She said, oh, look, let me talk to your boss. So the boss came on and told him the whole story. And he said, oh, I shouldn't really do this. But I tell you what, if you're really discreet, I'll give you my address. You can come over. Part of me went, creepy. Other part went, it's two o'clock on a Friday afternoon, I'm desperate. What's your address? So I wrote it down, jumped in the car. And as I'm in the car, I'm starting to think, creepy. What if he's an axe murderer? So I rang Warren. I said, Warren, this is the situation. I'm just, I'm just, what if he's an axe murderer? There was like silence on the phone. Like, oh my gosh, paranoid. It's just like, yes, Liz. It was just like, you know, one of those condescending, yes, Liz. I said, I just want to let you know. And then Warren says, but you better give me the address. So I thought there's a little bit of concern in him, not so paranoid. So I give him the address where I'm going. driving to this address, I I think I was expecting something dingy and, I don't know, prostitutes or something, I don't know. I had this thing in my head, what am I doing? Online stuff, he's given me the address, but be discreet. He says, be discreet, he whispers it. So I have all this thing in my head. Anyway, I pull up, there's this really nice looking townhouse, apartment. I'm thinking, ah, it's all good. And then I think, judging by appearances, don't judge my appearances. Oh, too bad. I've got to get the magnet. Okay, so I go up and I go to the front door and the doorbell's not working. So I open it up and the garage door's open. I start my head in. It's like boxes and boxes and boxes with magnets written on the outside. Oh, I'm so relieved. Oh, there's no axes in the floor. Nothing, just boxes of magnets. So anyway, I'm standing at the bottom of the steps next to the garage. Just like, thank you, Jesus. Yes, you had it all under control. You told me to wait till Friday. Here it is. It's not around. Hello, hello, knocking, no. No one's answering. Okay, so I'm going up the steps to the apartment and I nearly bump into this girl. She goes, ah, I'm like, ah. It's like, oh, I thought I was safe. Maybe I'm not back to axe murderer again. No, it's fine. She said, I said, I'm Liz. I talked on the phone. Oh, yeah, fine. Come downstairs to the garage. I thought, good. I know what's in the garage. There's boxes. So in I went and she shows me this tiny, because you know on the internet when you look at it, 
tiny little magnet like this big. It's like, oh, it's not going to work for a demonstration in front of people. <sighs> anyway, so then I hear footprints behind me. Turn around, it's her boss. It's this man, very dishevelled, hair's all messy, um, crushed T-shirt, and Superman pyjama pants. <laughs> I look at him and I think, oh, strange. And then I start to look around the garage and I look on the roof and there's all these, like, um, in these packets, actually, these sort of post packets, they're all stuck to the roof. Exactly, they're magnets because they sell magnets whenever they, they just stick them on the roof, which is a good idea. But I'm looking at these things on the roof. I'm looking at the Superman pyjamas. I'm looking at the girl that's a bit freaked out. I'm not comfortable here. Anyway, I want the magnet, want the magnet. Anyway, he comes in and says, no, look, we've got bigger magnets. And he's showing me all the magnets. I'm going, oh, wow, that's fantastic. And I said, look, here's the, um, see, I've got the shavings and everything. Can I just test it to make sure it works? Because I think I'm not going all this way. Getting the magnet, coming in front of you lot, and they're going, oh, the magnet doesn't work. I'm testing it. So I get the magnet out. And I go, right. Your magnet doesn't work. Then I said, maybe I need to take it out of the packet to make it work. He looks at me. A magnet works through plastic, love. I think to myself, stupid comment. And then I just sort of feebly say, oh, (laughs) I obviously didn't do science at school. But you know what happened at that point when I felt stupid? See, at that point... My flesh is saying, you look stupid. Even though he's in Superman pyjamas, I'm feeling more stupid. So you see, at that point in time, the flesh in the world is drawing me to say, you feel stupid, say something really smart or something, make up for it. Or, but it's drawing me to say, see, you, you need to look smart, you need to exalt yourself and look like that you're clever. That's if I was in the world and I was chosen to be in the world. But I'm not chosen to be in the world. I'm chosen to be in him. I'm not here to exalt me and show you how smart I am. Obviously failed at that. But that's not what I'm here for. I'm here representing Jesus. I am in him because I am chosen in him. So even though my flesh was saying, run out the door right now, you look stupid, Really, he looks ridiculous in his pyjamas serving you in a garage with all the stuff on the thing. Run, just go. But you know, I'm chosen here to get this magnet because that's what God's chosen me to do. And God chose that I do it on Friday and God chose that I'd be standing there with the pyjama man. He chose me to be there. So I stay and I made this silly little comment, oh, obviously I didn't do science at school. But then, you know, his manner changed. He looked at me and he said, so you need iron filings for your less, I said. <laughs> These. And he says, do you know what? When they cut the keys, they're brass keys. They're not magnetic. There's nothing wrong with my... Because I'm going, is your magnet something wrong with your magnet? Going, There's nothing wrong with the magnet. This is brass. And I'm going, oh, 2.30 now on a Friday afternoon. Now I've got no iron filings. Where am I going to find iron filings? I work on Saturdays. He looks at me. 
after I made the ridiculous comment that magnets don't work through the plastic. And he says, I've got a friend who works in a metal manufacturing place in, um, where'd I go, Rock Lee. Let me give him a call. I looked at him and I thought, if I hadn't have said the stupid comment, he wouldn't have felt sorry for me because he thinks I'm a ditz. Maybe that's true. But something changed in him. It was like God chose me to be there. God chose that I say these stupid things so that he would ring his mate Dennis in the sheet manufacturing place to get some iron filings. So he rings his mate. Dennis got a client, blah, 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 bought the magnet, gave me the address. Here I am again in the car <laughs> off to an address to go and meet Dennis to get the iron filings for this ridiculous object lesson. I hope you get this object lesson, I tell you. <laughs> so I'm in the car. I'm now on to going to Rockley to go and meet his mate Dennis to go and get these iron filings. So have you been to Rockley? Like, like, big industrial place, worse than Bunnings, you know? Now in Rockley, don't really want to be there. Walk up and it's blokey, blokey. So hard hats, steel boots, you know, all the safety signs. And men everywhere. Here I am thinking, oh, okay, I'm chosen. So in I go and I say, hi, just looking for Dennis. And Dennis is like a nice looking, friendly man. <sighs> Excellent. So told him a story. Yeah, yeah, it comes through, love. So I went all the way through his factory and you know, making all these steel things. And then, you know, we go through and just on the ground is this sort of black dust, like this is the iron filings. So it's this, it's this stuff just on the floor. These are the iron filings and they're perfect because see they're so fine so you couldn't see them. I didn't want you to see them, you see. So there's perfect. I went, yes. And I said, I just happen to have two of these Ziploc bags in my bag because what mother doesn't have everything in the handbag. So I pulled the Ziploc bags out. There was a little um, brush, uh, like a... What's the thing, you know, when you sweep the floor? Thank you, a dustpan. So there's a dustpan there. I went, perfect. I can just... So I'm leaning, I'm down on the floor, got the dustpan on. And it suddenly occurs to me, these beautiful spiritual blessings are just on the floor. I have to bend down and get them off the floor. The world rejects these beautiful blessings from Jesus. They just leave them around on the floor and just walk on them. They reject the cornerstone. These beautiful blessings. I'm on the floor. I'm thinking, oh, man. You know, it's not just the world that leaves these beautiful spiritual blessings on the floor. We leave them on the floor. We have them. Remember? We have been blessed. They're ours in him. But they're on the floor. And I thought to myself, you know, in my life, I just leave them on the floor. I don't put them on. Read about it in a book. Nice idea, redemption. Theological concept, which means such and such. But do I put that on? I'm chosen. Do I actually think about that? You know, when I was leaving the guy in the Superman pyjamas in the magnet place... As I was leaving, it occurred to me, God has followed through on, on the nudge he gave me. Wait till Friday, we'll sort it then. So as I'm walking, thinking, oh, I've got the magnet, I'm going to get the filing. Thank you, Jesus. So I was like, oh, I need to thank Jesus. So I turned around to the guy in the pajamas and said, God bless you. <laughs> Things changed. 
He was so warm and understanding and you're a bit ditzy. And then all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> he goes, one of those little awkward laughs. <laughs> Brings out the axe. <laughs> no axes. But you know, at that point, see, there's another decision here we have to make when we stand up and say, I'm chosen to be God's ambassador which is to make his name great, to glorify his name, to speak well of him. Wow, I've got to stop. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm chosen for. And at that particular point in time, the world and the flesh is saying, he's, he's laughing at you now. You're the God squad. You're one of those funny Christian people. Jesus freak. Yep. I'm dumb and a Jesus freak now. But you know, at that point, we have to make a decision. Am I chosen to represent the world and to, to really want this exaltation of me and how popular I am and how much you like me? Or am I chosen to be Christ's ambassador in this everyday life experience and say, I want you to know that God is in this. And I want, you to, I, I want to say, God bless you because... God is here. God is in this situation. And I'm not wanting to thank you. I'm wanting to thank God. He's actually made this happen. It's not, I don't want to give you credit for being kind to me. It's God. But you see, we're drawn to the world and the worldly passions. We have to throw them off as we throw off Job overboard. It's not that. We're not chosen to represent the world. We're chosen to represent Jesus in every single situation we're in. And we're in Jesus, and Jesus' blessings are in us if we pick them up off the floor and put them on. And putting them on means we meditate on them, we think about them. It's like the material blessings in our life, we don't leave them on the floor. It would be like Jesus says, here's a brand new dishwasher for your kitchen. And you go, great Praise Jesus for a new dishwasher. This is fantastic. Then we build a little shelf in the kitchen. We put the dishwasher up on the shelf. Oh, gorgeous. We get the instruction manual. We frame it, put it up next to the dishwasher on the wall, and then go, isn't that beautiful? Polish it. Let me tell you all about my dishwasher. Then we stand at the sink. We get sore feet from washing up. Our fingers go wrinkly from being in the water all the time and we're depressed and cranky and anxious and washing up. Beautiful dishwasher. Yeah. God blesses me. Life's difficult. Isn't that ridiculous? But isn't that what we do with these blessings? We say life's meaningless. This is really difficult. All the blessings, all the iron filings all around on the floor. We've got to pick them up and use them. You see, spiritual blessings are practical. They're meant to be used. We're meant to live in them, put them on. Remember as we go through life, we're chosen to be his ambassadors, not to give in to the flesh, not to think that it's all about us. It's all about him. We don't do it with the temporal blessings, but we do it with the spiritual blessings. Somehow we just want to stick them over there. We can rattle them all off. We can explain what it is. But unless you put them on, you're not going to be victorious. We have to live it. To put it on, you have to think about it, meditate on it, understand it, share it. Live it. 
I'm way out of time. So how am I going to end? I'm going to take you all the way to the end of my sermon. <clears throat> There's a sandcastle we don't get to talk about, but that's all right. Words children like to hear. All right, we can use that all for another day. Okay. I want to end with something practical because spiritual blessings are practical. I want to challenge you. If you're wanting to put on Jesus' spiritual blessings this week instead of leaving them on the floor, then pick up your Bible and pray this scripture that we looked at today in chapter 1 from verses 1 to 14. Pray it to God. Go through and thank God for these blessings. Tell him how much these blessings mean to you. Or say to him, I don't even know what redemption is. Apparently it's good, some freedom, ransom thing. Help me, Lord, understand it. Show me. Is there a friend I can talk to about this? Show me, Lord. And you know, as you go through them, imagine what your life would be like without them. Because sometimes we don't know what we've got to let go on. Imagine if you weren't his son and daughter. If you were an orphan. Imagine what life would be like with each of those blessings and all of a sudden it comes alive. Imagine if I didn't have these blessings in my data. Imagine if I wasn't chosen. I'm just here to pay taxes and die. There's no purpose or meaning to my life. Imagine not having these beautiful blessings. And do you know, if we walk with these beautiful blessings, remember, meditate, thank God for them, put them on, live them out then you are going to be a magnet for Jesus. People are going to be drawn to you because you're going to be different. You'll still have struggles and problems, but you'll have this buoyancy in him. And you'll attract people to Jesus. All of a sudden, those beautiful blessings become metal magnets for others to say, I think I want what you've got in Jesus. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for these beautiful spiritual blessings you have already given us. Lord, forgive us for leaving them on the floor, for ignoring them, for ignoring you. Lord, in our day-to-day life, help us to put these beautiful blessings on, to put off all the temptations and the lusts of the flesh Lord Jesus, help us to take hold of these beautiful blessings, to seize them, to take them on, to appropriate them, to, Lord, to grasp them with both hands, not to just stick them on a wall or leave them in your book. These are real because you are real, Lord. Help us to remember that every day you walk with us and you talk with us, Lord. Help us to see the spiritual blessings in our life. Help us to go through the daily grind of life which feels like sinking sand. But Lord, your beautiful blessings are there. Help us through your spirit to see the blessings in the everyday. I pray for each person, Lord, that hears your word and believes your word. And Lord, I pray for those that haven't responded to your grace yet that we would show them, Lord, through our day-to-day life,
the beautiful blessings we have only in you. We pray in your beautiful name, Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.